Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. again so we're back um we ended last time by getting into this conversation about the extent to which presentation matters in the whole of this thing we're calling aesthetic experience and i guess if that aesthetic experience is of something more than just the artwork yes that was the the and what what, what were your thoughts about this well, my what do you thoughts think? about that i think it's tough because I'm, i think of uh I'm always thinking of music. So (laughs) I I think an interesting question that's related to this is what is, quote-unquote, the artwork? Okay. And so if you take something like a song, you say, like, oh, the song is the artwork. And then my question is, like, all right, just any presentation of the song, does it have to be in isolation? Like, you hear it apart from other tracks? Or does it have to be... um, how, the album. Right, how, where that falls in the album and how it relates to everything else. Or even, is it the live version? Is it the recorded version? So which one is the real artwork and which, yeah. one, is the, which one is the original? Right, and so this is related to the thing we were saying before because the presentation of an album certainly takes all of this into account. It's like, if a band cares about the aesthetic, it's like, I'm going to put this kind of image on the album because I wanted to have this vibe and like these are the, the words I'm using and this is the track order and it's supposed to be you know, all these pieces in a, in a larger puzzle and if that's true then like is the whole listening experience the artwork or not maybe and this leads to this idea but maybe the artwork is not just something static mm. or an object but it's rather a process a relationship I don't know what we want to call it between its parts, mm-hmm. you want, or whatever it's related to it, which distances itself even more mm. from other and and observer, right? Because at that point, the other really isn't important. I was thinking the opposite. Because because he chooses the order of all, yeah. thing, all the stuff like yeah. that. But then, though, again, are we assuming that there is that the original order is the way in which this thing? Which makes this thing art, this thing artistic, so to speak, or is it the order in which you listen to it? Oh, so you're saying is it the mere presentation or is it the engagement with that presentation? Exactly, because if the engagement of the, to, with the presentation is what makes a difference, then again, the way mm. it's ordered by the producer, I keep calling it rather than other or... Mm-hmm. Because again, that's all it is at the end of the day. It's really... Again, not that important, at least. To hmm. I, I, I want to say both. Okay. Because, like, how could you listen to it in that order if it wasn't given to you in that specific order? But do you, I, For example, there's al- there are albums that, in my opinion, that I don't, for example, I don't start listening from the first track. Gotcha. You get just from the beginning, and then eventually you get to the first track. But mm-hmm. or, 
lost art of making cassettes tape, right? <laughs> okay. Or to burn CDs for someone, right? Mm -hmm. When you're making a compilation of stuff. Yeah. You are creating the new album, right? You're mm -hmm. putting things together in a specific way. Like a mixtape. Mi okay. Yeah, exactly. Are you Ooh. an artist at that point? And there's that? Oh. So like DJing. Yes. That's interesting. My initial gut reaction was no. <laughs> That's not a thing. Um, but you could be good at making mixtapes. I think. But like, are you an artist? I I don't. I wouldn't personally call you an artist. I would just say you have an ear for you hearing have, things that transition good, well. Exactly. You have good taste. Or you good can taste. you can put things together in a way that's. But again, it's somebody who's packaging, so to speak. Yeah. A gift, right? Wrapping paper and it's is that person an artist, really? They're they're representing the representation. So they're like re representing. Exactly. And that you're moving away from it, right? Hmm. But I think that even on a different level, right? We can ask the question okay, let's assume that there is something that transcends the object in itself to make okay. his or whatever that is. Right, right. There are other part of it. But can we describe, can we kind of trying to understand what an artistic or an aesthetic experience is? Yeah, that's a good question. As usual, my hands get in the way of the mind. <laughs> the Italian hands. <laughs> um, aesthetic experience. So I'm presenting on this in a couple of weeks, right? <laughs> so you better so be prepared. I know, right? <laughs> I feel like I, I maybe... Like, I'm curious to see how my explanation of this is going to compare to yours or anyone else's. But to, without getting too specific into um, my own research, I guess I would say an aesthetic experience is something that you feel really strongly about. Like whatever it is, it's not just a, a passing thing, right? So there's a difference between putting on a movie and like doing something else while the movie is in the back. Like that's not an aesthetic experience. Of course. Right? The aesthetic experience, well, it's not the same kind of yeah. aesthetic experience, No, 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 right? I agree with you. Um, versus when you're actually engaged with the film or the listening. Uh, and I'm thinking of this interview with Tarantino from, I guess, 94 when Pulp Fiction came out. And they were like, do you have any advice for the people, you know, going to watch? And he's like, just watch my movie. Like don't, just put it on, don't, do the crossword puzzle while you're doing it. Just focus on it. And I think that's his way of saying, like, give yourself over to a legitimate aesthetic experience. So from what I understand, there's this idea that you kind of, you become part of that. Mm, yeah. You become part of, so the sick experience happens. I was going to say it's a happening, yeah. It's a happening, right? It happens. It's not something that you witness, but it's happening, right? Mm -hmm. You're not watching a movie. You're in the movie, sort of, right? Yeah. It's not that you become an actor in the movie, right? right? right, right. It's not that you're all of a sudden <laughs> you're on the screen, but rather... But you're one with it. In you're some one sense. with it, in a sense, right? Uh, so, okay. But, but you see how that's, like, different from... Like, it's not a halfway engagement. It's like a serious thing. Not only that, but I also think that it is also different from the way in which we were describing the observer before, right? Mm. You're not just witnessing a work of art from afar, right? Yeah. You're almost becoming one with it. Yeah. And in that case, I wonder if you're still an observer because we're, we're describing it as a happening, right? And a happening, it's 
not distinguishable in, in yeah, a, what's a good word then you're no but I, I i like the idea actually mm -hmm. i really like the fact that there's no observer but there's an experience happening all of a sudden there's a subject but not a mere observer maybe we could say in a sense uh but i don't even know if, if you need to because i think if you're still making the distinction you're not really engaged hmm. interesting and again i i know the title of the talk that you're giving so maybe I'm, I'm i'm reading too much into it but i think that the moment you dissolve yourself into the into the experience the moment you become one with the happening mm -hmm. there's no subject either at that point that's true and i think i'm gonna like appeal to the was it the fado were we reading the right last week the phaedrus yeah. uh fado, which one yeah. i always get the mix of the fado um where they said oh you can't have something without the reciprocal yeah. So it's like the dissolvement into one can't be if they're not first separate. It seems okay. like that. It's possible. Well, but that will be, uh, from my perspective, it will be unproblematic. So we can assume that exists a work of art mm -hmm. on its own, separated from everything else. Okay. From the author, from the observer that exists. And then you have a subject that exists separate from the work of art. Okay. And then when they get in contact, if the aesthetic experience is really happening, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, some, it's transformative. Yeah, the, then you become, for that two hours you watch the movie, you're not you anymore. Right, right. And But you are not merely Anthony plus Pulp Fiction. And there's something else going on There's something on there. different. Uh, Dr. Kogan used to say this line, like, when you read a good book, you're a different person yeah. after you read it. And, but that, I think, is still something different, though, mm. because that is talking about... It's a consequence. It's like your experience is terminated. You have had the, exp the ecstatic experience. You're now out of it, and your subject has kind mm. of been reached somehow. Yes. So, yeah, this would seem to be maybe a corollary of this thing, but not the thing itself. It's the aftermath, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the thing itself, I think it's, again, as, as I was saying before, it's more than merely you plus the movie. Yeah, that's the gestalt aspect. Exactly. There's yeah. that, that you really are dissolving into the experience and the artistic world is dissolving as well. Mm -hmm. That you become something bigger that is once more not static because you're feeling these things in the movies itself and it can take turns and ways that you don't expect sometimes which is interesting because this kind of sounds like a religious experience it might it yeah might. i don't know what that is but <laughs> that's a whole nother <laughs> thing no but i know what you mean uh, like some almost a mystic or or yeah i think there's parallels between these things and i wonder if there's parallels with all sorts of experiences mm -hmm. because then i wonder if i'm really experiencing again a color or mm. or if i'm experiencing but not even let's not even go there because i gets back to other stuff but okay there's religious experiences they're similar to aesthetic experiences i wonder if there is some sort of a ethical experience that you can have oh okay or anything like, or a metaphysical experience that you might yeah. have, and I wonder what that is, or a philosophical experience that you might have. Yeah, I think these are all instances of, how could we say it, some kind of synergistic relationship between the subject and the object type of choice, which results in something new happening, 
where the distinction between those things kind of becomes less apparent. Because the other thing I'm thinking of is conversation. Mm-hmm. And I always think in truth and method uh, that Gadamer says you don't conduct a conversation. Like there's a reason we say you fall into a conversation because it's this thing that's greater than you that it's, you're not aware of. It is almost the conversation is inhabiting you. Yeah, and right? Like think of the podcast, think right? Like we up. just fall into this absolutely, thing. Absolutely, absolutely. I wonder if, and that it's really interesting, I wonder if that means that that really this the solution of these two things that you call the subject of the object, what happens during this thing is interesting, right? What are you in that moment? Is there you? What is it? Mm. This experience, whatever the experience is. And especially what's even important is what happens after, which was what, what uh, Kogan, right? Yeah, yeah. Was talking about because it's that's also interesting. Is are you really different? And I will contend, yes, you are. But in which way? Does that mean that there's a piece of, a piece of perfectioning you, so to speak? No, mm. it's not that, right? It's like what's that? For, the fusion of horizons. Yeah, right. That's yes. what Gadamer talks about. Is like you have some, you're at a vantage point, right? And then you have this scope, and then something happens where you engage with another vantage point, with another scope. And then something new results from that. Is this really different, would you say, from the cathartic experience of which Aristotle talks? Or are they like kind of was that his way his way of like in what sense do you So again for Aristotle famously there's this idea in the poetic that art is cathartic, right? The kind of because you immerse yourself and of course he's thinking of theater specifically, Mm -hmm. right? Of plays all of a sudden you are immersed into this play and you become literally one of the characters, for example, mm-hmm. right? And you do the things that this character does and this kind of rids you of all this passions, of all this emotions that will cloud your judgment and stuff like that. So right, it's kind right. of, it helps you to do that. And I think that in a sense, after that experience, you also are different, right? Yeah. You are, for Aristotle, you are better off. A spiritual cleansing. Exactly. Yeah. You are a better off. Again, kind of a religious experience, right? Mm-hmm. You are better off. You are different. And I wonder if this is the same thing. Mm. In and specifically tragedy, right? Yes. But we don't know. We don't have the part on comedy, so we don't know what he would. Right, right. And so I'm thinking, at least with me, I know the kind of stuff I'm into is always really like intense and I think itself <laughs> is cathartic and like really tragic sounding. Yeah. Like I remember um, Claire was telling me when she was in college and she first met one of her roommates, she uh, A, she said, oh, it's interesting that you listen to albums, right? So <laughs> I was thinking, but then it was something like she was playing Pink Floyd and the friend was like, wow, everything you listen to is so sad. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get that one. But in that sense, I guess I'm drawn to these aspects that maybe Aristotle was talking about. Okay. So maybe that's what you have in mind when you think of artistic. I think with, so. With, with aesthetic experience. If, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how this relates to the less serious stuff, like a comedy. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm maybe I shouldn't say. So um, if you watch a comedy film, yes, um, you, you do get absorbed into it in a sense, but it's clearly not the same kind of thing. So I have the same issue. Right? I always say it's very, very, very difficult to me, for me to find a good comedy where I can at least 
have a sliver of that experience of which we're talking about. Yeah. Because I usually, I end up watching a comedy while I do something else. Mm-hmm. Or I can do something else while I do. Because yeah, it's it's not, like ancillary. Exactly. I don't, I don't, but then I wonder if this is kind of where the way we grew up and mm-hmm. uh, the, the way we experience these things. Because then on the other hand, there are definitely less tragic things that I get engrossed into. Uh, it's not movies, it's reading sometimes this happens, right? Mm. And sometimes I'm reading, I don't know, I remember much younger, but I remember reading Bar- Barclay for the first time. Okay. And I got really into it. I dissolved myself into it. I didn't mm. know what time it was anymore. I was like, <laughs> it's like, what's going on over here? You were one with the ideal substance. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but then in that case, it wasn't tragic. It wasn't, no, none of these things applied there, right? Mm-hmm. But I was still having, was that an ecstatic experience? Mm. That It might be. And to be fair, I do like take stand-up comedy more seriously, I think, than comic films because there's something artistic in the presentation. It's like a performance. And so there's something like but witty, I, mm. something off the cuff happening. I don't know. But I'm wondering if you would go to to see like a, I don't know a play. There was a comedic play, mm-hmm. like a Broadway play, or any sort of comedic play, like a Monty Python play exactly. or something. Okay. W- would you would you get in? Is the live performance that kind of supersedes the lack of of seriousness of hmm. the comedy there? Because then it would mean that it's the performance, right? Yeah, that one I probably wouldn't. And I think the difference is like when I when you watch a stand-up comedian, there's at least the illusion that everything that the person is saying is unfolding in authentically okay. in the moment okay. versus okay. like this is a rehearsed thing that's about to happen. So I okay, then I think I got I understand what the what the issue yeah. is there. I don't know. It's like the comedy the rehearsed comedy feels less authentic. Yeah, maybe it's that and movies this would apply to as yeah. well. Yeah. But I mean I do like what movies do you find funny? Do you have a couple? Yeah. Again, we're going to show our age here, but I think Something About Mary was one of those movies that okay. I was cracking up. Okay. And then... I just know the key moments. I haven't actually seen the whole uh, thing. I'll try to think. Um, there's a couple of like funny movies for, I think, Italian people, like My Cousin Vinny is one of those. Oh, I love My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Or... Analyze this, for example. Okay. And then there's this all sorts of stuff, like the animated movies that I find funny, like Monsters mm. Inc. was okay. one of the, or other stuff. like. Those are fun. Because I, w- I was at a Christmas Eve, and uh, I was asked, we were talking about movies, and then they were like, well, but what about comedies? You're talking only about series. <laughs> what are your favorite comedies? And I was like, favorite comedies? I don't, I don't know if I ever thought... I- and I was trying to reach, and I'm like, okay. So I think the original Cheech and Chong, hilarious. Okay. Okay. And then I was like, oh, Pineapple Express. And I'm like, God, I'm noticing a pattern with all these <laughs> movies, right? Um, I mean, whenever I watched Animal House, I always thought that was really funny. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm wondering if there's one definitive movie where I'm like, you so, know, this is the comedy movie. For example, is Blues Brothers a comedy? I would say so. Okay. Then and like, that's like classic comedy yeah. because it's smart. I think yes. that's what it is. Smart comedy okay. is, is really appealing. Okay. I like some of Ben Stiller's movies as well. Okay. Like like the like Zoolander? Like no, stuff? no, I can't do that. <laughs> no? I can't, I just Too can't. over the top? Because over the top stuff is funny too. I know. I just can't. Just, 
I, I can do that the same way I cannot do like Austin Powers. I can't. Gotcha. It's too much. That little bit too much. But I, I see the appeal mm-hmm. and I'm fine. So if, I don't know, do you remember Mr. Bean? Oh, okay. I've never seen it, but I can see his face. But I cannot watch the movies, mm-hmm. but I can watch the clips. Okay. I so get it. For a sustained period of time, I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. It's like Jimi Hendrix. I can listen to one song, but not one album. <laughs> They have, your, they have your attention in the moment. So, like, you're not into the, the Jim Carrey, like, crazy faces kind of uh, thing? I like some of his movies, but not. I'm not. not just, I don't like, oh, what was it? The, 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 the Pet Detective. Uh, oh, Ace Ventura. Ventura. I don't, I don't, gotcha. Not really. But that's a good question, this idea that comedy is, might be hmm. uh, a different form that doesn't doesn't yeah. provide catharsis. And this is the one time where I'm like, maybe you just have to be a different per- kind of person. Because I knew some guy in college who was like, took comedy really seriously well, and my, treated my, it artfully. And I'm like, wow. My, my friend Brendan Happard uh, just wrote his, his philosophy, his PhD thesis on the role of comedy in philosophy. So mm. I'm assuming that he takes it really seriously. I mean, I, I guess if I were to speculate it, it does seem common. Like what, what it and, and the tragic aesthetic experience have in common is that there is an element of escape, right? Like you go to comedy. I don't want to make it sound instrumental, but like there is something that happens where it sucks you in. Okay. It's just for the purpose of something lighthearted, joyful, rather than okay. I'm going to feel the burden of being for the next hour, <laughs> right? It could be, sure. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I've, I have no answer to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that's interesting, though, is that I think we cannot discount that, that kind of, again, if we call it a form of art, technically should be providing also an aesthetic experience, yeah. right? There should be the, the same core. Yes. And maybe we're just not the best at identifying. But I, but I don't want to say it doesn't exist. Yeah, no, and, and I think that that leads us to another issue like we're now best at identifying that doesn't mean that we mm. never partake of that experience yeah or we've never it could mean that or it can mean we haven't thought about we haven't taken it as seriously right because that's a thing so is there an element of intentionality in order to get to the, the experience ecstatic, to the ecstatic experience can you unintentionally mm. partake of an aesthetic experience I want to say no, but you do need attention. Okay. So you need attention, but not necessary. Because like I can walk into something, like mm-hmm. I could walk in here not planning to have an aesthetic experience, and then like, oh, I don't know, you put some crazy <laughs> lights and sounds in here, and it, it captivates me, and it has my attention. So I think you need attention, but I, I don't know what role intention plays. So just to clarify... Do you need to sit there and say, now I'm going to have an experience here? And, of course, there are complications to this. It might be that the movie is not good or anything like right, that. Right. So, but let's assume that everything is perfect there. Mm-hmm. That is your taste movie-wise and everything else. Everything is perfect. The atmosphere, nothing is boring. It's not too hot, not too cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you the right company, everything that you need there, right? Then you sit down, and in order for the aesthetic experience to happen... Do you need to say, okay, now I'm going to have an experience. Now I'm going to enjoy this. I, I want to say yes and no. <laughs> yes in the sense that you have to give yourself over. But no in the sense that when you discover art, it's often accidentally. Like, oh, I hear part of this song. And yes. I'm like, ooh, there was something in that that captivated me. And I don't yeah. want to say 
that wasn't legitimate. I was thinking about the same thing. Same thing. How many times you listen to a song? Like I remember being in Czech Republic, hmm. entering the store, and there's this music. I'm like, what is this? What is that you're playing right now? Yeah, and then it's like once you, once you own it, like once you've taken that into your life, I feel like then you treat it differently. At least I do. Because I think most of the stuff I've gotten into was accidental. Because I didn't set out to find stuff. But I want. But once I did, now I'm like the person who's like, all right, I'm going to listen to <laughs> like in rainbows today or but, whatever. But then I wondered though if that moment is the inauthentic one. That's the second thing I was going to say. Yes, because if you if you give too much attention to it, then you cannot get absorbed. Because absorption is the opposite of active attention. So maybe it needs to be accidental. It needs to be mm. partially accidental. But then, like, you plan to go to a show, right? And you could still have an aesthetic experience at the show. Oh, I was about to say, you go to a museum and you can have an aesthetic experience there. Mm. You wanted to go. But you want to go there. You're not, I guess, yes, you're looking for the experience at that point. Because maybe there's a point, like we say, you have to intentionally, not have to, but maybe sometimes you intentionally say, I am going to have it, but then once you do that, you have to, like, drop because you can't be hyper-focused the whole time. So I wonder if what we can say is that we need to put ourselves, obviously, in the material condition for, ex- for the experience to happen, but now, but then it has to happen organically. Nobody can force you to. Right. Not even yourself. Yeah, and you should be open. Yes. Because, like, if you're blocking yourself off, you can, it's an interesting concept, make yourself not like something. Okay. Yes, of course. Right, like an interesting exercise is see, survey all the things you don't like, supposedly, and try to see how many of those things you don't like just because you tell yourself you don't like them. Yeah, I think one good example might have been the last reading that we did for our reading group of philosophy. The last reading group. Not not the club. Not the club. Our, the fact. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. I wonder if that was, if I went in there already with that. Mm. But I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. But then I wonder if that means, if we feel that there's inauthenticity in forcing yourself to like or not to like something, mm-hmm. if that doesn't mean that really, in order for you to have the aesthetic experience, you really need to move your subjectivity away, whatever that means. There's definitely been time, like, this is weird, because there's... Sorry, because you're, no, no, you're, you you're talking about this, you, you used the word open before, mm-hmm. and I think that this openness coincides, or needs to coincide, with almost the removal of your, for lack of better terms, being. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for your, your specific subjectivity, so that the experience can inhabit you. Yes, that right again. Religious language. You're right. inhabited by the spirit, right? When yeah. it happens. Yeah, and if but that's the case, doesn't mean that maybe mm. we were wrong at the beginning when we we're saying that we need the subject and the and the work of art. Maybe the subject kind of keeps you company until the threshold of the experience, and, and then, then you, and then you jump off, and then you need to jump off without yeah. that baggage. Yeah, I, I think that's you're right. The dissolvement happens at some point, and when when for that to happen, you have to just let go yeah so the, which means that actually the dissolvement of your subjectivity starts even before the experience because you're open to it yes because hmm. i was gonna say there's been th- i don't know if you've had this tell me things that you you had to listen to or watch multiple times absolutely. before you're like okay i like this absolutely. and you know what i like it a lot absolutely with music especially there's yeah, some that's album. happened to me 
some songs or albums that you listen to and at first like there's something there but you have to get it right and getting it is is its own thing usually happens to me when when i listen to the sort of heavier stuff Mm. sometimes okay Uh, music wise okay uh i remember that first time i like i heard deftones was Mm -hmm. kind of that way it wasn't immediate the thing that was immediate was like there's something there but I kind of needed to get used to their mannerism let's go this way and what album was that that was uh, was Adrenaline the first one Adrenaline was that first like short it might have even been an EP I think it was a seven song something like that okay yeah because then uh, Around the Fur was the one after that yeah no no Adrenaline is the white one with the with the, the little like baster yeah. yes yeah yes. yeah i don't yeah. know if it's a baster that's probably stupid but it looks like a baster <laughs> yeah yeah but so that's the that's the album i'm thinking of and i know you like them that's why i used that, that example yeah well i'm assuming you were drawn to this immediately instead yeah i think i was drawn to the fact that it was like they were arranging elements in an interesting way like mm-hmm. okay the music's really heavy but it's really atmospheric and the vocals are really soft. And I was like, oh, there's something like sensual and really interesting about that. Absolutely. And as you said, the arrangement there is, but that was an example for me of things that I need to go. And I liked them after it. Yeah. I bought the the CD back then. Mm -hmm. Um, But it took time. But there are sometimes situations in which I just, again, walk into something and I'm already in there. Mm. But then I wonder if, with the Deftones, for me, was that a real aesthetic experience or did I force myself into mm. this? Yeah, I think it's hard to tell. And I, I think this is one of those things you just have to be honest with yourself in the moment. Like, So for me, this is not the same thing, but you know um, the, the John Cage thing yeah. where it's like, oh, that's music. Right, like with the silence. I just can't. So I've like explained why I don't think this is music, Uh, and then people go crazy. They're like, "Oh, that's so fascistic of you. Who are you to say it's not music?" And I'm like, (laughs) "There's no sound. What are you talking about?" But um, but it could be an experience, right? And I think what I would say is it's art. Yes, but it's not music. Yeah, and I think this was an area where I looked at that happening one of the recreation videos and I'm like this is so inauthentic it's just like people in suits yeah, exactly. going to sit there to be like oh this is so yeah, no, no, like no. high class <laughs> right I wonder if it's the same is it the same criticism on the blank the, the blank canvas stuff it's like because oh, it's a blank okay. so if we have blank canvases all around walls and we're calling this art right mm-hmm can we say that this is art, but not, it's not a painting? That's a way of uh, saving it. Right. It it's is a way a, of making, saying the thing you want to say without unarting it. Or maybe not even art, calling it an aesthetic experience necessarily, mm. and you're taking into consideration this yeah, yeah. eventual thing. It could be, because I, I definitely, I'm not going to be the person who's like, oh, that's that's not artistic, right? Um but at the same time, I think we have to ask these questions. But um, and, I'm, hmm. and I'm wondering, considering the way we're talking about this, is art and aesthetic experiences two different things? Oh, I don't know. Is the art that one of the necessary conditions to have the aesthetic experience? Or can you have an aesthetic experience of a non-artwork? Exactly. Okay, so if 
you think you can have aesthetic experiences of like environments, then yes, like I'm watching the sunset. Okay. Right, that might be an aesthetic experience, and yet you wouldn't say that's art. Of course not. But would you call that an aesthetic experience? Hmm. I'd be willing to. So when you, you know, uh, thunderstorm stuff, right? Yeah, I love it. Or just like wind through the trees at night. Like I'm a sucker for these kinds of things where I'm like, and I just fall into it. I wonder if, I don't know, is it that? And it's certainly moving. It is moving, Right, because then we're like, okay. Are Are you dissolving? In a sense... Do you become one with the trees? I mean, I'm not like the people you always talk about. Um, no, but seriously, though, do you is it, do you feel it's the same way as watching a movie or listening to a song? I think it's different. I think it's it's a way of being moved, and I think that particular kind of movement does involve some kind of escape because I think the whole point of enjoying the thunderstorm is like. Again, you can get lost in it. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it's the same as when I'm listening to Dark Side of the Moon, because obviously it's not. But I think this is interesting because it's like, does it mean it's an aesthetic experience just of a lesser kind on the scale? Or are you saying, no, no, there's moving experiences that are non-aesthetic? So when I was thinking exactly that, that, you know, let's think that, let's assume for a moment that the self, the our subjectivity, whatever, as the capability to disappear from our body, let's call it for lack of a better word, from ourselves, right? Okay. Probably during an aesthetic experience, our subjectivity, the subject really disappears. While in, in situations like watching a sunset or experiencing a, a thunderstorm, mm-hmm. the, sub, the subject just goes farther away. So it's I, the scale. Okay. Sort of. So I, I, if I remember, which is even another thing, representing the, the mm-hmm, situation, mm-hmm. right? If I remember the last time I was sitting down, seriously contemplating the sunset, I think that I was removed from myself, but still present. Hmm. Well, instead, if I think of the last time I really enjoyed a song or really enjoyed a movie or a TV show, whatever it was, I'm unaware of where I am. Yeah, I was going to say contemplation is like the opposite of what I'm doing. Yes. Hmm. So I wonder. I wonder if these two things are different. Maybe there's a scale. I don't know. But they seem... Hmm. I want to say that also there's a qualitative qualitative difference there between the two things. So it's a qualitative difference, you're saying, not just... Hmm. Again, I cannot... If you push me too much, I don't know. If you press me too much... I don't know how to explain it, but there are other experiences that are not aesthetic. There are still experiences. Again, we were talking about the religious one. I think that's very different, right? Oh, that's a good point, yeah. And maybe this contemplation of nature is also a different kind of experience. Hmm. Unless aesthetics is metaphysics. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, But but what I'm thinking is, it seems like there, there should be something quote-unquote aesthetic in the the feeling the scene the moment because we use the word aesthetic to represent that in presentation right so it's like there's an aesthetic to the sunset there's an aesthetic in this room 
right? Are we using the word wrong? Because that happens. Are we perverting the, 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 language? the language in that case? It's possible, but I... Again, I don't think they're equivalent, but I think there seems to be something in it that makes us say that. Possible. I don't know. But there, we're still making the, the case of values in this case, not, mm -hmm. right? So for both of these things, we are attributing value to something, and maybe that's the common thing. That's true. There's, a, there's a, something valuable, or there is a value that we attach to the religious experience. Mm. There's a value that we attach to the aesthetic experience. There is a value that we attach to the natural experience call it this way that the, 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 maybe that's what it is and and to get even simpler it's a feeling yeah could right? be that could be it so if it's a qualitative value we just go back to episode one right it's all back <laughs> to aesthetic qualia or something hmm but it's it is interesting um and these are hard questions they I, are really hard we we didn't solve any of this any, i think we got a little bit clearer but like we still don't know what the artwork is yeah and like are, are different versions different versions of the same thing or are they all different things exactly and like what happens when you watch something live and there's improv or they do a note that's not on the album you have this like weird ontological fracture happening let alone the fact that we're talking about all different sorts of things and we're calling them all art a painting music that's true sound again movies and yeah I want, again, how come we call all this thing, all the different thing, different things, art? What's, are they, what's that essence? I don't uh, know. That's you know, are, is there a platonic form? Of yeah. that, that, that all these things share, and what is that again? Because if we, if we are at least on the right track, removing the other and removing the subject, right? The only thing, this, uh, the the observer rather, the only thing that says there is the the very first thing that we said. The representation part of it, meaning mm -hmm. that there needs to be an efficient cause, somebody who makes that. So it doesn't, it can't be accidental. It is created. It created by accident. Ooh. That's also a different thing, right? Is that possible? I, I guess. I think there's like little things that can accidentally happen, uh, like uh, oh, I did this note, yeah, like with screwing around <laughs> with my fingers, and you're like, whoa, this is yeah, her? yeah, and that seems okay, but like. I accidentally made an hour-long album. Like, that one doesn't seem to work, But what about right? improv? Improv. Oh, that money is everything else. What about jazz, else. right? Yeah. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I don't that... want to think about that. And even, so there's, like, the possible platonic form. There's the engagement with it. And then the other thing we didn't talk about, which is one of the things I'm going to focus on in my presentation, is the optimal conditions for, for... being engaged with it, right? Exactly. <sighs> And it's interesting Inter because, yeah. again, we started this episode. We said, well, aesthetics is about art and beauty, right? We didn't touch beauty. Which we're gonna Not do, at all. We're, we're going to probably do an episode on beauty in itself mm -hmm. later on. Oh, and even with art, we didn't go that far. I want to say that we talked about, again, this relationship between an object mm -hmm. and a subject somehow on both sides of it, like as an author and as an observer. But that's all those total that's, of yeah. hour plus went, which isn't, which means that aesthetics that sometimes is considered frivolous, right? It sneaks up on you. It's like yeah. more than you think. Yes. Because um, my connection to it is not so much formal, like training and, you know, yeah. like aesthetics proper, but more like I've done this stuff. Oh, and I also happen to do philosophy. So let's look at it through this lens. 
But there's definitely there's definitely more there. And and again, beauty we didn't touch. The formal aspect, the proper formal aspect, like this idea for the Greeks all proportioned and this, the, what is that makes the work of art work of art yeah, from that perspective. Order. Exactly. Yeah. We didn't touch. We didn't touch the organization of the arts. The distinction between lower arts and higher arts. Why why some oh, are more so novel true. than others, right? Yeah. We didn't touch the fact that is you know, is art objective or subjective? We didn't even talk about those mm. things. And yet, again, we've Here been we talking are. about for like an hour plus. But I think that's enough for today, right? Thank you for listening. All right, we'll see you guys around. See you. Mm-hmm.